0: to you, never let me go, I lay it all down again, to hear you say that i can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find a way to keep me close to you. You're all I want. You're all place in feel the warmth of your embrace yeah. help me find the way to keep me close to you
1: you're all
0: you all out. Uh, help me know you
2: are near. Praise the Lord, it's chat time.
1: Praise, praise the Lord,
2: Lord is, is chat, chat time. time again. Yes, praise the Lord, is chat time once again. And this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures.
1: Praise the Lord. So it's time for our segment of the week. Where do you think this phrase came from? And it's called the Valley of Decision. Now, I don't know how many people have ever heard that. But, you know, I know that they felt like they were in the Valley of Decision. And it's a time when it came from the King James Version of the Bible. And it means that it's a time when God judges the earth. Um, God is handing down his judgment, his decision. And I know sometimes we feel like we're we're trying to make a decision and and we don't know what to do, what to do, what to do, and we feel like we're in the valley of decision. Well, it came from Joel chapter three, verse fourteen. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now you know. I know we said that we were going to talk about Psalm 55, but, you know, I ran across some articles and some people send some things to me that made me think of how the end times are drawing really close. And, you know, we've been hearing this for the longest, like, you know, these are the last days, these are the last days. Well, I ran across this article on My Christian Daily, and it says that there's a drag queen's album (laughs) that went number one on iTunes Christian charts. Yeah, right. I don't believe that. I don't don't believe that. A former Dove Christian Music Award winner collaborated with a drag queen in which their album has gone to number one on the iTunes Christian music charts. The drag queen called... Fl- flammy f l a m y or Flamy i don't know what it is mm-hmm. grant the album is called bible belt baby mm-hmm. has reached number 1 on the iTunes Christian and Gospel album chart
3: yeah I don't, 10
1: months after it was released i don't think
3: it's uh, saints <clears throat> or christians that are buying the album i think they put the word out in the lgbtqxyz community and they purchased the album, you know, to boost the sales, to boost his popularity, because some of the words to the song...
1: Well, I looked up some of the words, yeah. and nothing is about the Lord. Right. Every, right I everything believe. is blasphemous. Right. And it's totally about how parents... Well, one song, the lyrics was about how the parents didn't understand... What you
3: know, happened? and it it, to the, it, it to really doesn't even belong on that particular type of uh chart because it has nothing to do with salvation that's why I can't <clears> even <throat> picture even a person who is a mediocre saint or a lukewarm saint. I can't even picture them being that interested in the song. I could see a person who was totally into that lifestyle probably relating to that. But other than that, no one else would relate to that type of a song.
1: And I don't even know what church that, you know, because I'm reading this in, a, in this article. It, um, and it, ta- it talks about, like, they were interviewing this person. I just like my mom's clothes. It got pushed out of me. I realized that if I'm going to belong in, in that Christian community, I'd have to suppress it. Flammy Grant was created just for Blake's own sanity. Um, but when the, his pastor asked him to give a sermon in drag, <laughs> can, can you believe that? My mouth is open. You know, Blake made a TikTok video to practice. It went viral, racking up nearly a million views. That's when I realized from all the comments, all the people saying, I feel so seen, I feel so safe here.
3: Yeah, but those are the people who are into that lifestyle. That's what I'm saying. There's people who are who are living that type of life probably can identify with his music, with his sermon. But no saint, not even a mediocre saint, would find any to have any interest in that. It, it, they just couldn't relate. So uh, I I don't know if the church. I don't know what type of church. I don't know what type of denomination. But I do believe those are the ones that. Uh, buying the music and pushing the album up the charts.
1: So there's this article here um, about this guy, um, Sean Fetch. I guess he's a a major figure on the religious right who uh, stands at an intersection of far-right Christianity and Donald Trump's MAGA world. Uh, and he tweeted, if you're wondering, the end goal of deconstruction. I don't even know what that means. He stands where? On the far right of Christianity. Uh-huh. And you know, Donald Trump's MAGA world? Mag, oh, make, make America, make America great, great Again. Again, world. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Still. Anyway, he says he was ta- speaking out against the album he He figured that that wasn't appropriate, it had no place a, on christian charts um, it it's trash
3: <laughs> yeah, basically it is so but you know i I think like in all things, they want to give the impression that somehow it's embraced by the Christian community and Really, it's not. It's probably embraced by those people who are living that type of lifestyle. Yeah,
2: the LGBT LGBT community. But you know what,
1: when they write these these articles, this is a form, this is a work of Satan. Mm -hmm. Because this is a form of deception. Yes. It's deceiving people that the true Christian Right. Saints
3: are embracing this, are this, embracing this not
1: true. garbage, right. this and blasphemy. All you have to do
3: is just rely on the word of God. I mean, as much as they want to change God's standards, they're not going to be able to. As much as they want to.
1: And actually, you know, when you listen to some of the songs, it's basically about a queer person singing to a church that has rejected that
3: person. Oh, okay. That's,
1: that's, and it's not so much that, they're not them.
3: rejecting the person, they're rejecting the sin. They tell, they're not saying that your soul isn't uh, valuable, your soul is priceless. What they're saying is the sin, the destruction that you're doing to your soul is, it, it, is not acceptable because there's a better way. There is a way out. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and then I saw I found this article, and someone sent it to me too. Um, I found it on Newsbreak. I found it on Christian Post. I found it on uh, Yahoo News, and I I just this is just so blasphemous. It's about Barbie and Ken. Oh.
3: Okay.
1: Barbie and Ken, and they made a doll, a Ken doll, to resemble Jesus Christ on the cross. And so the planned relaunch, I never saw this before, but I guess these were out before, Ken's as Jesus Christ Mm. hanging on the cross.
3: Mm. I didn't know it it was Ken, I mean, hanging on the cross. Well I mean well, because that's what the, the a... packaging says. Oh because
1: I mean how could they tell? <laughs> I mean that was canned. <laughs> no it was just packaged. Okay that's how it's packaged. Uh, it was relaunched of religiously themed Barbie dolls in Argentina dubbed Barbie Virgin Mary and Jesus Ken. So now this has sparked global outrage. It says, especially among Catholic groups in Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. the birthplace of Pope Francis. But it shouldn't be just in, in Buenos Aires. It shouldn't but be I just in Catholics. It should be just everybody. I know, but who because is...
3: it's there, I figured it. I was wondering if there was going to be a backlash.
1: So it came after the international success of the Barbie movie. <laughs> I guess it's, um, as reported by Jam Press, the artist's original Barbie, The Plastic Religion, exhibit in 2014 received serious death threats for representing important religious figures, including Catholic saints and the Virgin Mary as dolls. Despite these threats, at least one toy shop in Argentina has allegedly agreed to stock some models of the revived collection with the artists planning to showcase their dolls in an art show in December, according to the New York Post. The previous exhibit, Barbie the Plastic Religion, drew ire worldwide, according to USA Today. I never heard of it. I didn't either. (laughs) I don't know, but maybe it's because it's... It's um, focused more in uh, Argentina. Maybe. So anyway, it included Barbies depicted as Joan of Arc, the Virgin of Guadalupe, among others, Maybe. and Ken as Buddha and Moses. It notably avoided Dallas representing Muslim figures due to Islamic prohibitions and such depictions. Now, I don't know what... what what do, do they do differently? I mean, what does the Islamic religion do differently than any other religion to prohibit stuff like that? Kill I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, it becomes, it becomes a religious issue and it becomes violent. I
1: don't know. So this guy's interviewed and he said, frankly, we don't understand why we're being attacked. Religion has always depicted virgins as the most beautiful women, and today the most beautiful woman is Barbie. Uh, uh, According (laughs) according to who? According (laughs) to this guy running this exhibit. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Paolini, Paolini, I guess. He and Pirelli are two people who conceived the idea after witnessing the Day of Dead celebrations in Mexico, They argued that if there are Barbies representing various professions, why not a religious one? So I guess the artwork provoked anger from Hindus. Because religion isn't
3: a profession. Religion is a way of life as far as one's faith in the Lord. You know, it's not like being a barber or... You know, or a surgeon or a musician. You know, it's, it's your trust and your faith in God. It's your relationship with the Lord.
1: Sign of the times. So, yeah. Sign of the times of the end times. And then there's this article. It's just all over the place. You can find it about Jamie Foxx. Mm. He's accused of being anti-Semitic after sharing a controversial post about Jesus. So I read the post, but it has been taken down. Uh, it was on Instagram and it's no longer there. You can't find it. But I found a picture of it. It's, it says, They killed Jesus. They killed this dude named Jesus. Mm-hmm. What do you think they'll do to you? Hashtag fake friends, hashtag fake love. So when I read that post, mm-hmm. my initial reaction was. Not anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. but it was like he's irritated with somebody who's supposed to be a friend, somebody who's supposed to care about him.
3: So he's saying they betrayed the Lord. That's My, my impression but you know, was that we, he feels like they betrayed the Lord, you know, a so-called friend to
1: the Lord, and they betrayed him. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I've heard that phrase before, you know. What phrase? That, that, you know. People have killed, they killed Jesus, you know, if they do to a green tree, what do you do to a dry? Yes. You know, a, a reference to that in some some so, fashion. So it's not like he's being anti-Semitic. He's saying I that don't there are certain people is. who
3: claim to love people are hypocritical. Right. <laughs> he, but any-
2: He noticed he probably got a Judas among him.
1: I think so. Right. And and we feel like that too sometimes, you know. But he's getting a backlash after sharing this post, sharing the Instagram post. <clears throat> and um, one person tweeted in response, I am a Jewish advocate who fights anti-Semitism. Jamie Foxx's post was horrifically anti-Semitic. Had a message rooted in classic blood libel and anti jewish conspiracy theory they continued he has sixteen point seven million followers and i'm and i'm not waiting on him to further expand another agreed seeing someone like jamie Foxx post anti-semitic content is a sad but slider. I would like them to explain and how his se- just exist. like most everyone else. I, I, I can always people be but, people who hate us. Yeah, but I, I want
3: them to explain how it's anti-Semitic. I mean, they're saying that it is, but they don't give an indication as to how it is. I mean, because what, it never even entered my mind.
1: No, me now, neither. When I, read that, mm-hmm. when I read that post, it didn't enter my mind. Mm-hmm. It didn't enter my mind that, you know, people are far too sensitive.
3: And far too quick to think, yes, in the negative, because my first impression was that Somebody pretending to love somebody mm-hmm. betrayed him.
1: So, anyway, however, others questioned whether there was really anti Jewish rhetoric in the controversial post. How did Jamie Foxx's post read as anti Semitic? Right. A third person said on Twitter, It's so easy to think from your own experiences, but literally as a black person raised Christian in Texas, well, I know for a fact he was talking about friends and followers betraying you, not Jews. Right. And Jennifer Aniston liked the post Mm -hmm. when it was still up, but then she was forced to denounce anti-Semitism herself via her Instagram story. Right.
3: Well, okay. I I would be happy to denounce anything that's anti-Semitic because I I don't believe that people should be uh, persecuting uh, the the Jews. I mean, my goodness, our our relationship with the Jews is that we are grafted into them. But to to just bash somebody without even, I don't even, if they even bother to ask him, what, what did you mean by that? What were you trying to say? They just jumped on the. They
2: just just felt that he. They said they just felt that uh, the Jews were the cause of death, the death of Jesus, and they got offended
3: by that. Well, I mean, some were. I mean, I mean, not just the the Jewish people. I mean, but they're more responsible because it it was their brethren, you know, Jesus' brethren that delivered him up. But you know, still that doesn't make a person anti-Semitic. I mean, as far as history goes, it's, it's accurate because even the Gentiles participated in his death. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the the Jews of that time who were in a particular inner circle, it didn't say that the whole nation, his family stood afar off because they were afraid of persecution, but they loved the Lord. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think it's just too skewed for them to just... Immediately say that he's just against Jews. I think his biggest problem comes from the fact that when he was introducing Obama one time, he likened him to the Messiah. He never should have done that. Never, ever, in, in, under any circumstances. He said he was just joking. You don't joke about things like that. No way.
1: Anyway, <clears throat> then I ran across this article. Um, and I think somebody sent it to me as well. It came from the Christian Post. There was a sermon that alleges anti-choice evangelicals have colonized our minds with toxic theology. A Presbyterian Church USA pastor teaches on Psalm 139 and said that she felt God's presence and no sin after two abortions. She's also a Planned Parenthood advisor and delivered a sermon in which she said she felt God's presence when she aborted two pregnancies. She's stupid. And blasted evangelicals for their toxic theology. Uh, who's toxic? She's toxic. She said she didn't feel, she
3: felt God's presence while she was murdering her child. I said, no, you're crazy. <laughs> she, she, delivered was a, she delivered a sermon
1: at the Community Church of Chapel Hill Unitarian Universalist in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. She's called the Reverend Rebecca Todd Peters. And yeah. she spoke candidly about her own experience with abortion and how she views scripture through that lens. Eh. She wore a pink stole with a Planned Parenthood logo. Opened her message bemoaning the state of pro-life evangelicalism. With its talking fetuses, aggressive bumper stickers, and stuff. Sac- uh,
3: so she, she takes numbers. exception to that. The fact that when they were pushing abortion... And they were campaigning for it. That shit doesn't take exception to it. But for somebody to say it's a life, you know, it's a person. She takes exception to that. She took two lives and she takes exception to somebody saying
1: you took the life, innocent child. She says that the word abortion does not appear in the Bible.
3: And well, what's her point? And I the mean, reason, and neither does supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That doesn't appear in the Bible either. But I mean, what's her point? That has nothing to do with anything. She's silly.
1: She said she chose Psalm one thirty nine as the sermon's primary text because as the sermon's primary text because she views it as one of the anthems of the abortion. Imaginary. I-M-A-G-I-N-A-R-Y. Imaginary. Oh, imaginary. Boy, Lord help me. As a person of faith, I'm outright outraged by the religious rights co-optation of God. Whether you believe in God or a sacred presence or a divine order in the world or something else entirely, I expect that many of you might also be troubled by how scripture and God are being used in public debate about abortion. Only only
3: if you believe in abortion. I mean, I'm not troubled at all because I know that the Lord uh, talks about the innocent blood. So, no. People using abortion uh, as a contraceptive or means of birth control is just evil. That's all there is to it.
1: She called uh, Psalm 139 a liberating message of justice and life. Well, where does she get the? From
3: and Psalm then she reads. does she get the impression? And then she reads, "For it
1: was you who formed my inward parts; you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully." and wonderfully
3: made. And that should tell her right there that she's crazy as a cuckoo bird. That God God values life. Yeah, that she's fearfully and wonderfully made and she took two of those fearfully and wonderfully made human beings and killed them. I mean, what a nut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk about somebody who's backwards.
1: Well, she's... Certainly Marvelous doesn't.
3: are thy works, I'm just going to put it into it. You know,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: this is stupid. <laughs> she doesn't feel shame or guilt. I know her
3: her conscience is seared with a hot iron. So what does that mean? Because you because like the Lord said in, in Israel in its lewdness when it when it nakedness, the Lord said they were contrary. He said you're not even like other whores. He said at least the prostitutes charge. He said you give yours away for free. So I mean, so what does that prove? Just prove she's a knucklehead.
1: That's all. Mm-mm. She's wrong. Uh I, I don't I don't get that. I don't get it. I don't know her heart. I can't get inside of her mind. I think it's inevitable for the folks who go through terminating a pregnancy to think about it. Um said this person. It's not an easy decision. It should be A no-brainer. Right. Because, I mean, it says,
3: Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, you know, not fully formed. And in your book, all my members were written. Just like the body. Everything about the body. All your DNA code. Everything. Mm -hmm. All the members are written. God had set you in the, the womb and everything that was to make you you, God had put it there. And and she's going to say, so what does that do? That gives you a right to abort, to kill the life that's within you?
1: No way. That's like people who commit murder, well, murder another human being, not Mm -hmm. a child, not an unborn child, but somebody else. And they have no regret, no. Mm -hmm. And then
3: what does it say? Depract from me, you bloody men, because Mm -hmm. you shed in innocent blood.
1: Well, anyway. I think that takes care of our program, and I think what we'll do is next week talk about um, Psalm fifty-five because that's a perfect lead-in to Psalm fifty-five, especially what Jamie Fox was feeling about. Uh, okay, so uh, what what did he say? He felt like he was he had fake friends, fake love. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 28 and 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now, ain't God all right?
1: God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was when Joseph, Mary, and Jesus went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. After a while, they left to go back to Nazareth only to discover Jesus was not with them. How many days did it take before they found Jesus? And the answer is three. And the answer can be found in Luke chapter 2, verses 45 to 46. And it reads And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. This week's Food for Thought is, Why must we avoid foolish questions, genealogy, contentions, and striving about the law? Why do you think we have to avoid that? Hint, the Bible. And that's Food for Thought.